Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Industry Relations, a podcast where Rob, Han, and I discuss the going-ons and craziness of the industry. How you doing, Rob? Hola, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I get to do it to you this even, time. <laughs> yeah, even though I kind of knew that was coming, I still can't. Yeah, I it know. It is kind of funny, yeah. Something about this, it. <laughs> so it's, I think it's funnier coming from a half Korean than a half Mexican, or I mean a full Korean than a half Mexican. So uh, You know, well, I mean, yeah. I, I've always wanted to like go get a, you know, one of those like acting coaches that teach you accents and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to like go learn like the Scottish accent and the Jamaican accent. I think it would be oh. awesome. But I, I don't, I can't. I'm not, I'm not that talented. <laughs> well, it always, you know, when you were down in Texas and everywhere, yeah. you would start throwing out the y'alls. That always, that always got me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll always be yes, yalling, you know, y'all yeah. such a great word. It's such a great word. I don't, you yeah. know, <laughs> there's yeah, so no many shit. meanings. <laughs> yeah. So how are I'm you? Doing, I'm doing good, man. I'm, I was traveling like a crazy last week mm-hmm. and uh was in nashville i was in new york i was in long island um and uh luckily i'm here for the week the, the week before cmls so i think this is our kind of like pre-cmls podcast so i got, think so and i think that the biggest thing on the table here to talk about is the uh nars mls uh policy statement 8.0 or indeed call 8.0 is what i'm, I'm referring indeed. to indeed Indeed. So you've been writing a shit ton of words on this. <laughs> I think I'm more of like ten thousand and counting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I think Sam Sam DeBoard actually chimed in on your blog as That's well. That's right. That's right. And you know, I think uh, you're a little bit off the deep end here with this. Well, uh, all right. I'm, I'm here to <laughs> I'm here to uh, bring you back from the brink. All right. right. We're in the Maybe shallows. Do we, do we need to play that song? <laughs> in the shallows. <laughs> Oh, anyway, yeah, I, yeah. The image of you and you and me uh, sharing a mic, saying that. <laughs> Dude, we have to make that happen. I think in the next yeah. karaoke any session. Fo- any photo photoshoppers out there? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, karaoke is secret, so it'll just be for the attendees. But yeah, still, that's true. All right, so uh, I guess so I'll yeah explain yourself. Mr. All right, Hong. so let me explain myself. So I'm going to start with kind of. Uh, the the first thing, which is the whole NAR policy statement, which I thought was a step into more confusion. Now, before I, I, I want to make this clear because I feel like I keep saying this, like every time this is brought up, I think this is a big step forward. Okay, so it's not like it's not like I'm looking at policy 8.0, going this is a piece of crap. No, no, no. I think this is a really big step forward. So, and and I want to give kudos and congratulations and acknowledge. You know, it's just the level of effort that the the uh, advisory board and the full name is something like MLS issues and emerging technology, some, something like that, right? I, right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I want to give a lot of props to the people who are on that board because I recognize it's not easy, and I think these guys have done a pretty amazing job of coming out with this. My point, I think, though, is that I don't think this is enough. Right? Fundamentally, I don't think policy 8.0 is enough. I think it leaves giant holes. And underlying it, you know, my take on it is this forces the MLSs to make a concession that they simply cannot make, right? So roughly speaking, uh, let's just try and go through that. I mean, so first of all, like I said, I think 8.0 is a big, huge step forward. You know, I don't know that it puts a stop to it, but at least adds on additional costs and additional issues for some of these larger brokerages who have been doing you know, systematic coming soon as an exclusive inventory strategy, right? Because what it requires is within 24 hours of marketing a property, quote unquote, marketing a property, you know, brokers have to now put that property into the MLS. Right. Um, So, again, I think that's a really big plus. My issues with it were, there were a couple of things, right? Number one, the, you know, the the 24-hour gap to me is a problem. Because, and we'll talk about this when I get to the fundamentals, because what it says then is that the MLS is not actually the marketplace for properties. It's just a repository for property data. You know, it's just a filing cabinet. I think that's a concession that the MLS today simply cannot make, you know, or they can't make it without a big fight over it. As I've written, I think that's the hill to die on if you're the MLS. Either the MLS is the marketplace for properties or it is not. And if it is not, then we're going to have to have huge conversations around, okay, well, if it's not the market, then what? what is the MLS? Why are we paying all this money for it? 
So I think that's that's problem number one. Problem number two, though, is if you look at kind of the combination of policies, I'm not actually convinced that this really stops exclusive inventory strategies, right? Because one of the big loopholes, I, I don't even know what to call it, one of the big provisions is that, quote, office exclusives are not prohibited. But the way that office is defined is it's a brokerage and all other agents, Okay, well, when you have national brokerages like Compass, like NRT, like EXP, you know, that office exclusive is like 50,000 people, right? And I know you've made the point, I think it was you, it might have been somebody else. Sam, Sam I think, I think it was. Like, that doesn't matter because somebody in Huntington Beach is simply not going to tell, you know, uh, their clients about a property in Topeka, and I'm like, yeah, but you're missing the point behind all these exclusive inventory strategies. The whole point is to drive, you know, consumer interest to those companies and only those companies, uh, so that they can, you know, make the match in house. You know, I don't want to necessarily go with like double ending the deal because that's the way that you know place that most people's minds are at. But we've always had you know designated agency forever. So if you want to say the brokerage is keeping all of that in house, then fine. That's that's the point of it, right? I feel like what it's doing. When you look at sort of in detail, I think what Policy 8.0 is doing is it's going out there. It's it's trying to prevent the worst of abuses, but along the way, it is leaving a pretty giant hole, right? And I think I went over kind of how that could happen, as well as forcing well, the MLS to make a concession over, that it can't. What, yeah. How can that happen? I mean, why don't you go over that? Well, because one. Of, oh, I so I've left this out because one of the things is it leaves out this one-on-one communication, right? So I think the idea that the board had, and again, we should probably interview, you know, Sam or some one of the other people that were on, on the uh, emerging technologies advisory board, is I think what they were trying to get at is we don't want to stop sort of the quote exclusive office meetings, right? And you know, this has been going on since the birth of real estate. You know, <laughs> like when men were getting together in taverns with funny hats, like you know, you're going to have an office meeting. Some agent is going to get up and say, "Hey guys, you know, I have a." I just took a listing. It's going to be coming out on the market in 10 days. Mm-hmm. If you have a buyer, you know, that's looking for a prop Needs house. Needs and like, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just been going on forever and ever and ever. And I think what the board was trying to do is say, look, we're not going to mess with that. Right. And if after that sales meeting, you know, one of the agents picks up the phone and calls, you know, calls her buyer client and says, hey, listen, you know, I know we've been looking for a whatever, four bed, three bath in this area. There's a property that's coming on the market. Do you want to arrange to go see it? Right. I think they didn't want to stop that. So basically they said office exclusive, it's fine. Uh, and you don't have to put it in the MLS, just keep it as an office exclusive for as long as you want to. And the one-on-one communications is not quote marketing. So you don't have to put it into the MLS you know, uh, if the, if some of your agents go and do one-on-one communications. Well, my problem is like, that's that's not a real easy thing to really distinguish, right? So like the question that I asked was, they said, the policy specifically says, blast emails are marketing. You know, that's a quote, digital communications marketing. And they specifically call out email blasts. And I'm saying, but email is one-on-one. You know, whether I send it to a hundred people, I send it to one person, that email is coming from me to that client. How is that not one on so one? So one, so right. one to a hundred is the same as one to one. Well, the, here's the thing. I mean, we know instinctively and mentally and emotionally that that's not true, right? There's something about that that doesn't feel right. But the, so the way I would ask the question is, how do you distinguish between quote an email to hundred email blast to hundred people versus email to three people? Like, what what is the criteria we're going to use be, to distinguish between those two activities? Right, unless we say any email is digital communication marketing, which they didn't do. So there's a lot of these types of holes, right, that exist throughout, right. And and I said again, like if let's say I'm an agent, I have a branded search app, which a number of agents have. There are a number of companies that offer these, like you know, branded apps. Okay, so right. three thousand of my clients have downloaded my app. Okay, I put this coming soon listing on my app. Is that quote digital marketing or is that like me, you know, just texting. I mean, like it's it's really hard, I think, to try and distinguish between those by focusing on like digital communication marketing. Like, I, like they really need to define what that means. And the problem is it's very, very hard to define, right? So basically my, my problem with the 8.0 was it, it's, it's a huge step forward. 
It really is. So, you know, I, I again, congratulations. But it doesn't go far enough. You know, I really feel like this is an opportunity for the MLSs, for the industry, for everybody to actually get involved in a much more fundamental discussion around whether the MLS still is the marketplace for properties or not. Because if it is not, then there are other things that we need to do. If it is, then 8.0 needs to actually get pushed out a little further. And then, you know, we can talk about it later. I wrote a follow-up post laying out sort of my ideas for how you go about doing that. So having said that, what's wrong with my take on 8.0? First off, I, you know, I think you're a lot closer than you think, right? Mm -hmm. I think, as you said, I think it's a good first step here. What I don't agree with you on is that, you know, that this needs to be the hill that MLS dies on right now. Okay. Okay. Change is hard. Change takes time. This is, you know, not necessarily going to be the end all be all, but we need to do something now to kind of stop the bleeding, right? To stop the festering of this boil, as I, as I right. called it. I agree. Um, the market typically comes in and, and helps us with that. And, and I've, I've always said, I've been less concerned about these pocket listings and, and this, these kind of strategies, because as soon as the market shifts, everybody's just rummed home to mama, mm-hmm. which is the MLS and puts everything on the MLS because it, it needs to get sold and their sellers, you know, are, are going to... Uh, Demand it. Well, right? time so, let, let me let me ask you, Greg. When was the last time that happened? Uh, well, it's again. It's been. It's you know. I think that that the the shift that normally happens is like every nine years. But I think this is this has gone on. This this kind of expansion sure. has gone longer so, than than most. So I'm happened, saying, when was sure. the last time we saw, like you said, everybody run home to mama and say, "Well, we you know we need to put everything back in the MLS." It's been quite a probably ten years now. Right. In other words, it wasn't during the the depth of the housing collapse. Well, I mean, right. but but there, that wasn't the only time. I mean, the '90s is when I first started mm-hmm. this business. '92, right. there was a whole big problem with a, a slight dip in that, right? right? Um, and they had pocket listings back then, right. and you know that was some strategy. But here's what but, I, he, you know, they, here's what I'm getting on there. I think the point I want to make is in '92, the internet didn't exist, okay. and the last time during the bubble years, you know, like Zillow and Trulia were founded, like 2006, 2007. Realtor.com mm-hmm. was the only game in town, and it wasn't. You know, it really wasn't that great, right? <laughs> Otherwise, like, how does Zillow and Trulia become as dominant as they became? Like, the assumption that next time that the market corrects, if you, as you put it, and it becomes more of a buyer's market, that all these brokers are going to go running back to the MLS, I'm not sure that that's justified. I'm not sure that that's oh, going to happen. Yeah. All, to me, you know, all all the efficiencies that the, that the internet is given is is going to is it is going to make it even even more. For reasons for it to get back on the MLS, right? No, but, but, because no, but that, that's exactly the that, point. that helps get those get those things out there. No, that's quicker. exactly my point, right? And this is why I'm saying this is the hill for the MLS to die on. Well, you just said that the MLS makes it more efficient, blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, okay. So what you're saying then is that the MLS is not the marketplace for properties anymore. The internet is. And the MLS is just a conduit to the internet. I'm not saying that at all. I'm first just going down as far as the first point I want to make is that I don't, I don't think this needs to be right now. Okay. Right. I think this would be early to say this is the hill. So let me ask you something. When would be the appropriate time for the MLS to make this the hill to die on? If not now, when? Yeah, I, I don't know if we have enough. You know, I, I'm not sure right now. The the ev- I mean, the evidence is pointing right now that it, this has to be solved because there's a lot of other things looming out there that I think you you kind of kind of have to wait and see how that those things shake out. We don't want to make decisions now without knowing you know what other kind of things are coming I, in the future. And I think there's a lot. I, of things I, I got to tell you, I think that's a giant mistake. And I, you look here. Here's the thing. All right. What I expect is going to happen. In other words, there's a huge divergence, and this has been like the story of my career. There's a huge divergence between what I think should happen and what I expect will actually happen. Okay, What I think should happen is that the MLS is take a stand on this issue right now. Right now, like in November. Okay. Well, NAR and MLS. No, have th- taken that's my a stand. point. This isn't. This is enough. You just don't like. You don't like that the stand is correct. Far this enough, this is right? not a that's stand. What you're saying. Right. This is it, a this is a compromise. It is a stand. It is a stand, and it's okay. Sure, right. I would very comfortable. Yeah, with yeah. Compromise. I know, and sure. the industry tends to be one that revolves around compromise because obviously, you know, it's uh, competitors trying to cooperate. I get all of that. I mean, you get a, a mil- over a million independent correct. contractors. I mean, tens of thousands. I get of companies. all of that. And there's a business model models, competitors Correct. cooperating, right? Correct. This is from I think from Correct. the TMLS I side. Completely right? I mean, get that. It's all about I completely compromise. get that. So that's why I said what I expect will happen is a set of compromises, 
right? That's going to look a lot more like policy statement 8.0, okay? What I want to happen is something else. But here's the thing. So what I'm, what I'm hoping that we will do is at least when we go about this, doing this compromise, understanding what can and cannot be compromised. Do I look at it? There are some things in life that are simply not something you can compromise. Do you know what I mean? And my argument is that this is one of them. And by this, what? Well, hold on. And by what? this, what I mean yeah. is whether the MLS is or is not the marketplace is not something that the MLS can compromise. Well, let's talk about sure. that a little bit, right? Because you keep going back to this this freaking you know platitude. As far as I remember, the kind of quote or the thing you're making a riff on is that somebody out there said to you that or that, that the MLS is the marketplace, right? I, I remember very specifically, like as far as what CMLS has always put out is they make the market Correct. work. The MLS makes Correct. the market work. I don't CMLS if I just put them out there. Uh, this being the pre-CMLS show, has ever said the MLS is the marketplace. Sure. They've said they make sure. the market work. But, you know, look, here, right? so, the way I look at that is... And, and, and then yeah. the other thing is, is that, and we've talked yeah. about this before, why does the entire country have to be the same? There's a New York right now, they don't Correct. have an MLS. They have Correct. a different model, right? We've survived so long here with different models out there for what the marketplace is or whether, you know, this makes the market work. So, this whole issue of pocket listings doesn't have to be the the death of or we have to uh, a hill we have to die. No, on, I right? think it does. There can be some diversity. No, in this we, space. I think this. No, there has sure to be you can look. You can have geographic diversity, like you said. You know, New York, uh, Manhattan, New York City does not have an MLS. Uh, Long Island does. Hudson Gateway up in uh, Westchester does. It's, you know, and Hudson Gateway is trying to create one in New York City. We get that, but they don't have one. To your point, commercial real estate doesn't have one. And, you know, business goes on. And I'm like, that's fine. I mean, one of the things to keep in mind is, at the end of the day, I believe that the MLS is a cooperative of brokerages. So if the brokerages come together and say, yeah, we no longer need the MLS in the way we used to, okay, then that is what it is. You know, we we need to evolve and move on. But I'm saying, I don't think that time is now. And I don't know that that's actually what the quote brokerages are saying because we're going to have to get into that whole sideline conversation. I'm writing a post about it today. But here's the thing. I don't want to suggest that- I just think you're forcing on this industry. You're Mm -hmm. forcing. You're saying the MLS has to be the marketplace. And I don't think the MLS's industry has ever, you know, have, has ever said yes. No, we are I, the I disagree. Yes, they make the I completely work. disagree. They no, that's, that's work, just not true, Greg. First of all, just because of what the the marketing tagline of CMLS is does not mean that that's what they truly believe, right? I mean, let's make a distinction there. No, no, they they just put out things like that. Uh, for no, because they, they put they it out because it sounds nice, you know. And I don't know who they're advertising. Uh, I think it's thousand watt, you know, and it sounds good. We make the market work. But I think if you were to go and ask the CMLS members themselves, the CMLS board, and maybe that's what we need to do. Look, maybe one of the things that needs to happen is get the CMLS board of directors on the stage at CMLS and ask them flat out, do you believe that the MLS is the marketplace for properties or not? Well, I, I think, you know, and one of the comments of, of one of your blog posts, I think one, I think it was yeah. Rich Renton that talked about how maybe if they're not the marketplace, they make it more efficient sure. or anything else. So I think, sure. I think there's already sure. kind of something out there already saying that may, again but that's a big if man. i think well it's like when you keep saying this this thing about if they're not the marketplace then they got to die on this hill it's like it's like one of those loyally questions like when was the last time you beat your wife i mean how do you if you're you're putting this this narrative on them that i'm not sure anybody's oh, agreed I, to I, I, I disagree i mean i've spoken to enough mls ceos since i published that thing to know that in, in their heart of hearts that's what they believe they believe that the mls is the marketplace and has been now, what they don't know, yeah. Well, I would, I would say, you know, that that deserves. A let's conversation. have that conversation because and, well, and, let's, and, have, that let's have that conversation. Let's have that conversation because here's the here's the issue. And I wrote this. I, I think it's because I think it's different shades. No, and there there's isn't. Different, you know, there's no, there diversity. is not. Of course, there no. Is. A marketplace yeah. is easily I defined. Think, I, no, I think I think if you look at like let's say HR sure. for instance, they not only have a public sure. facing website, but they also have the, the MLS. Right. I think that's more. In, in definitions of a full no, marketplace, wrong. Than what the MLS wrong. is in in no, New York, wrong. you know, where they wrong. Don't have it's very simple. Marketplaces can be easily and simply defined. It is where buyer demand and seller supplies matched. That's that's what a marketplace is. Okay, does there have to be one marketplace? No, there could be multiple marketplaces. 
Certainly. Okay, what are you saying? Certainly, there can be multiple marketplaces. Right. So the argument, right. Okay. So So the the argument is is this then. Is is that what you're saying? If you're saying the argument is that the MLS has to be the only marketplace. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. What I said was the MLS has to be the primary marketplace, which I've defined in a follow on post. Yeah, which I've defined in a second post, which I did as a follow up. And primary marketplace to me means the first in time, it's the first place. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think the MLS has to decide, are we the conduit through which we match buyer demand and seller supply or not? If you're not and you're one of many, then that's okay, right? Then that is, it is what it is, right? But understand what that means. That's what I'm saying. If you're just one of many marketplaces, then you're just one of many marketplaces or you're the primary marketplace. A lot of this might be sort of influenced by, you know, like my earlier in my career when I worked on Wall Street. Like there's this whole thing on Wall Street called third market. And what that means is private deals, right? Even for stocks and bonds and stuff that are traded on public exchange like New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, there is this thing called the third market where, you know, large institutional holders will sell whatever their holdings of IBM stock to another large institutional, you know, buyer. So that practice does exist even there. But the primary marketplace are the exchanges, right? The primary marketplace is New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, right? I guess that's kind of how I feel about it. If the MLS, I would argue, up until fairly recently, and I guess we'll call it the last five, six years, has been the marketplace, right? And I made this distinction. Like Zillow's existed. Like Zillow's a thing now. And we understand that Zillow and the portals are the advertising channels, but the marketplace where the deals get done, where buyer demand and seller supplier matched is still the MLS or was and is still largely the MLS. It is still right. the MLS. It is still right. the MLS now. I mean, there's pockets where as you're talking about that maybe that's not going to be the case or or that are already not the case like in New York. But right. I mean- to me, you're exaggerating. You know what is actually going How on. I'm exaggerating. There. If if 30 percent of the deals are getting done off wait, wait, MLS, where? then the MLS is no longer the marketplace. Okay, so if you have to spread those those 30 percent of deals around 600 MLSs, that's not making a dent here. 30 so percent of the deals out of like who was it? I think it was MLS listings in uh, Silicon Valley, right? I mean, that that's their stat. Something like thirty or forty percent of their of all their transactions. Well, we'd have to check some. Stats. We'd have to check have some to stats. Check but some I, stats I know there, that's but... that he's been saying that for a few years. Like that's pretty consistent, right? Okay, so then seventy percent doesn't make no. you primary. How does that make you primary? It just makes you the largest. Okay, ninety-nine. So, so here's my here's what, what, the thing. What, what percentage, Hold on a second. What, what, what percentage second. makes let's, you primary? Let's reverse that. At what point are you not a marketplace then? At fifty percent, do we say that the MLS is no longer the marketplace? Like what good is an M- well, what good not, is again, an MLS with fifty percent share? You wanted to qualify this. You wanted to qualify this with yeah. primary marketplace. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure what the next blog post is going to be. If you're going to further, well, you can you can wait and see what's coming. I, I, we got I got some stuff coming on that. But let's just. I mean, in terms of this, I'm just saying like the MLS. If they want to concede that point, then they they're free to. Like I don't operate an MLS. You know, I just advise them. I don't think there's anything I think there to is. concede. Either really, you're but- the primary marketplace or you're not. If you're going to willingly say, you know what, we're one of many marketplaces, and if uh, large brokerages want to use uh, office exclusives, you know, and one-on-one and buyer demand, uh, you know, networks. Give me an MLS organization in the country that you think is not the primary MLS now. MLS listings. So yeah, SFAR, San Francisco. I don't think they are because 30, 35% of their listings are off market. All the deals are getting done off the MLS. Wait, not all the all of those deals, all of those deals, all of the 30, 35% are being done off MLS. How do you call yourself the primary marketplace if that's what's going on? Again, how do you define primary marketplace if it's if it's not the most listed? First in time. Right? What, what? That's how I define it. First in Say time. That again? That's how I define it. Yeah. First in time. In other words, before you means. put it somewhere else, you have to put it in the MLS, and that's that's part of the that's my follow up. But that's but that's never been the MLS I, I, ever, I, right? I mean, that's as you said historically, yeah. you know, they've always had wants and needs meetings and everything else, you know, sure. some sort of broker exclusive sure. for a period of time. So it's always been like except that. that the wants and needs were really rare, right? The way I look at it, 
What do you mean rare? I, I've been doing this yeah. since 92 and I, w- I would always go to these association yeah. meetings, right? Where realtors would go up after the, you know, the donuts were passed out and the, and the title company guys would hand out their business cards and say, okay, I've got okay. a buyer. I'm looking for this, right? And that was just association level, not even in the uh, the broker meetings. The okay. broker meetings, you'd so see what the per, same what, thing. Right? What percentage so of transactions in SFAR in 1993 were off MLS? Were done through these, you know, cocktail meetings and, you know, and networking events. It's single digits. Well, again, I, I do agree. I do agree that right. it's been systemized digits. Um, to the level it's, it's it's been getting, you know, right. it's been growing. But, you know, if you're saying, I forget the phrase you're using, the yeah, first primary what, marketplace, you know, what was that first again? in time, first in no, time. No, 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 first in time. That's <clears throat> no, never if, been. That's look, never I'm not been saying that, that it has ever been. What I'm saying is that's my prescription. That's my recommendation for how the MLS needs to deal with this current crisis. Okay. All I'm suggesting is it's fairly simple if you, if you want to follow the logic. The logic goes like this. The MLS has been the marketplace, has been the primary marketplace for residential properties for the last 100 years. And still is. It still is today. Correct. Right? However, that is being challenged. And my point is the MLSs cannot just concede that point and say, oh, no, we're not, the, we're not the marketplace anymore. We just make the markets more efficient. We're just the record keepers. They can't concede that point without a fight. So when I say it's the hill to die on, that's what I mean by it. I think the MLSs need to push for a much stronger policy that goes beyond what 8.0 does. Now, again, 8.0 goes a long way right, towards helping this policy. So I want to make that clear. It goes a long way towards ensuring that the MLS is at least the data repository for all the transactions. What I'm saying is I don't think the MLS should concede that point so easily and compromise it because there are some things that can be compromised, some things that can't, and I don't think this is one of them. I think if the MLS is going to lose this one, they should lose it because the majority of their brokerages who are, after all, their customers, who are, after all, kind of who constitute the MLS, comes to the MLS and says, hey, listen, thanks for for the ride. We had a good run but we no longer need you to be the primary marketplace. We just need you to be the data repository so we could get comps. I mean, I actually think that that's what should be forced. And that's what I mean. I want, I, w- I would like to see the MLSs and the brokerages and the industry force that conversation so we have a clear sort of set of principles as we go forward. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I, you know, to me, the things I'm kind of yeah. challenging here is that your narrative about what an MLS is, whether it's the marketplace or it makes the market work, right? Again, I'm everybody can have an opinion on there, but I think the narrative you're pushing, I'm not a, a thousand percent agreed upon that that should be the narrative, <laughs> right? So, and therefore, not a hill to die on. I think 8.0 does a is very clever sure. in a sense of how how they make sure. that work, so that you know they have to be notified 24 hours and they can't advertise publicly. And I think that's going to do a lot here to at least put on the brakes of what's happening now and give us some time to mm-hmm. think again of what is the best way forward. And I'm hoping that after putting on the brakes here, that there will be a shift. And I do think that that shift, whether or not you know the internet was here before the last one or not, it's going to put it, the shift will cause these um, pocket listings to kind of you know, kind of go away, right? Um, I'm not the only one that thinks that. I mean, I was talking to Werzer on my last podcast and, you know, he's a lot more optimistic about how the market's going to shift on for that way than I am. But it's been a a long expansion period that has has caused this thing to kind of Mm -hmm. go too far. And to start, you know, making this a die on the hill type of thing and not go forward with this, I think it'd be a a huge mistake. Well, timeout. I mean, I think you inserted something there that I never said, which is don't go forward with this thing. I, like I, I just oh, said, no, you're I, saying die. You're saying said, die. Yeah, I said die. 8.0. You should not go forward. You should what die. What I said was 8.0 right is a big step forward, but it doesn't go far enough because it doesn't address the key issue. So you should die in this hill. Yeah, you should die in this hill. Meaning not, you, need, you need to bring this and not, up. And, and, and not release anything until you until you oh, get exactly what you on. want. No, I mean, that's come what die on. You know what die in the hill means in this context? It means make sure that in November- Right when the MLS policy committee meets and the board of directors has to pass something, that they consider strongly, and I think the MLSs need to make a really strong push for the primary marketplace. <laughs> so role. not, not they, so let's just say you should you consider right. this strongly on the that. Tail. Consider this strongly if you don't get on the that, tail. then you'll you know, maybe you end up with policy 8.0. Okay, maybe. But here's the thing: if you end up with policy 8.0, my interpretation, what I'm predicting, 
is within the next, I don't know, not even that long, three to five years, I think we see this become sort of the default mode. We're already seeing all the large brokerages starting to go down this road because they understand we need to have exclusive inventory if we're going to be competitive, right? They're all doing it. So my question is, if you don't, okay, so if you don't solve this problem now, right, when are you going to solve it? After half of the MLS, half the brokerages have private networks? Like, when are you going to do this? So it's interesting because I really, I didn't think you were going to go down, this, with this yeah. issue especially, the down the road of, you know, this, to me, it's just, you know, tired, this marketplace or making the market work kind of dialogue, yeah. right? Because I know you're, you are a big fan of, you know, this kind of uh, NAR's code of ethics, yeah. right? And to me, a lot of this conversation really should be centered around not the business practices, not not the business models, not those types of uh, this the systematic changing of coming mm-hmm. soon listings, but whether or not this is the right thing for the industry to do, whether this is you know mm-hmm. right. And I think when you look at like as I've talked about before, when you have the practice. Uh, yeah. A seller who wants who says that they want a house, they want to sell their house, and and one point five would be great. And they go and they talk to a broker, and that broker puts it on some sort of exclusive mm-hmm. listing path, some pocket listing path. And they go talk to the thirty buyers they have in their that they have through their connected mm-hmm. networks. And one of them says, "Yeah, I'll pay one point mm-hmm. five for it." And then go back to the seller and say, "Hey, I got your price. Mm-hmm. Sign here." Now that to me is not going to market that is not the 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 agent and the broker have not done their fiduciary Mm -hmm. responsibility to Mm -hmm. that seller of putting that out there right and i think that's just wrong so instead of kind of going through these narratives of what the marketplace is or is not right i think we should start from there right because i just don't think that practice is going to in the long run going to help this industry at all that's the hill we should die Um. on Right, not not making the arguments of whether this or this is so. Not time out. Let me let me ask. Okay, right? fine. So what you're saying is the ML, MLS I mean, did, concede I mean, that is so, no longer the marketplace, right? You no, know, you're. I'm not conceding that at all. I'm talking about what narrative we should be talking about. You, you keep going back to that, bro. Yeah, because I mean, the I mean, other is to me, it's taken for granted. Except that it doesn't really matter, right? We could talk fiduciary duty till we're blue in the face. We know that there are thousands upon thousands of agents who go otherwise, who do otherwise. We know that there are hundreds of brokerages who do otherwise. But you don't want no, to talk about it. we can talk about, about it. I just, just like talk about the tired. I mean, you know, like the tired topic is the number of people that are out there violating fiduciary duty and code of ethics every single day with, you know, like no penalties, with, with nothing, nothing. I mean, to your point, if, if that's the case, we don't. So you're, you're, you're not, you're not going to die on that hill. You've just like, you've surrendered it's, it's, that hill. Ethics. No, you know what? Here's what look at it. If the association wants to die on that hill, great. Because that, that to me is a realtor association issue, right? If the uh, licensing authorities want to die in that hill, that's that's their business. The MLS has that that's to me that's not really their their lane, right? To me, the MLS has always been the place. It's the marketplace, meaning it's because it's it goes back to what you said, Greg. You said if an agent takes that listing and sends it to the thirty buyers that they have, that they're not doing their fiduciary duty because, like you said, you use this phrase, that's not going to market. So I guess I have to ask you, what is going to market then? I would say the 30,000 members of that MLS. Why? I would say however many visitors get to, you know, whatever all the portals are. So, so if I put it out to, out to my 30 and I put it on Zillow, is that not going to market in this day and age? Why? No, I think, I think you have to Why? include the MLS Why? in that for sure. Because, because they're the ones that are representing buyers. The buyers are going to call their agents and say, hey, listen, uh, this, this thing came up. I just saw this on Zillow. I mean, that happens today, right? I mean, I, I, God, this this just I, came I up. Mean, I mean, I don't, I don't. I, I NAR don't. just did this like consumer survey thing, and they said, you know, something like sixty percent of buyers found the house that they bought themselves, and they call their agents, say, "I want to go look at this house." I just, I don't know how you can discount agents. I'm not, dude. I'm the one who's saying that the MLS needs to be the primary marketplace. I'm not discounting that. But my point is, I know you're saying that. I'm saying, I, I just well, don't, my, my I point get is that. this. I mean, like, I feel like in 2019, you as a broker, as an agent, I can make a pretty strong claim that I have met my fiduciary duty by marketing on the portals. Right, right, but that's not what's happening. Well, now. that's well, then that's a different issue. I mean, that's not an MLS issue. That's an association issue. 
if, no, if I, any other ones go sanction companies, I, I go in for my it. Example, in my example that I said, I said they just go to the 30 oh, buyers they have. Okay, well, yeah, Nothing then we'll else. sanction them. Yeah, Nobody go else. sanction them. Right? You need to go sanction them and kick them out of the association. I mean, you need to do something. So because the associations in, in your your case, who you're laying the blame on are, are the brokers. So the MLS, like everything, just got to just no, man. shit rolls no, downhill. See, you're confusing yeah. things. Let's clarify this. Your whole point was it needs to be the conversation needs to be around fiduciary duty and code of ethics. And I'm saying fiduciary duty is a matter for licensing authorities and lawyers because that's a legal concept, right? And the code of ethics is a realtor association issue. The MLS can't do anything about that agent who only sent it out to 30 people because right now the MLS has no rules, right? It has no policy. It has no understanding to how do we deal with this. Not yet. Not now, yet. after policy 8.0, what they'll say is, well, you sent it out to 30. That's a digital communication. The agent is surely going to go, no, it's not. It's a one-on-one communication of an office exclusive. And then you get into a whole discussion of, well, what number is appropriate? Is, is it 10? Is the number seven? Like what What number of emails is it before you've done something wrong? And I, that's why I'm saying I got a problem with a point. What I would like, what I would prefer to see, and this is why I say I think the MLS needs to die in this hill, is to say, no, you know what? Here's the way it works. The MLS is a primary marketplace. This is where we match demand to supply. This is the vehicle we do that through. All right. You, by not putting it into the MLS first, clearly violated our rules right? Which says, if you're a member of the MLS, you put it here first. So therefore, get out. I mean, in a real way, what I'm, out, what I'm arguing for, Greg, so let's try and really simplify this. What I'm arguing for is for the MLS to extend the understanding and the rules and policies that they have around IDX to MLS membership totally. Because if you think about IDX, that's an all-in or all-out play, right? You don't get to go, well, I'm going to put these 30% of my listings into IDX, but the other 70% I'm going to hold off. Like, no no one's going to go for that. No one's going to allow that. My point is, just apply the exact same understanding to the MLS as a whole. You don't get to decide, well, I'm going to put some of my listings in MLS and some of them not. Like, no, you're either all-in or you're all-out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to work in uh, in the way that real estate has been done for for many many years with with, and I think that eight dot does a good job of coming up with an as you said a compromise to do okay. that. Right? I, I and I think it's going to I think it's going to do. It's a big step forward. Yeah. So okay. So in a sense, I get what you're saying there. I mean, I, again, I, I I I strongly disagree with the narrative you're trying to paint here. But so in the, in yep. the current context, you think it's going to be. Just catastrophic if this thing goes through, or are you going to support this? Or I'm, what are you, I'm kind what are you of saying? I mean, at the I end mean, of the day, like I said, you know, 8.0 is a big step forward. It's an improvement over what we have today, right? So, is that okay? I mean, my issue with 8.0 is the fact that it really does create like a safe harbor, and it really does, you know, enshrine the principle that the MLS is not the market. You know, when, in other words, like when the language says. Within 24 hours of marketing a property, you have to put in the MLS. Like to me, that's just a concession that uh, that I I wouldn't want to make if I'm an MLS. You know, now again, you know, I'm not an MLS. I'm not an MLS CEO, and those guys might you know, might see something that I'm not. Right? And they might decide, well, this that's fine. We can go along with this because within three to five years, you know, market's going to turn, and then everyone's going to come flocking back to us. Maybe. You know, so from that standpoint, uh, I guess I'll support it, right? But again, like my support yeah, and opposition I, I, doesn't really I, mean I, much. Like I'm just this random ass guy out here, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly true. That's the truest statement you've yeah, said on this podcast. So like what, what I think should happen <laughs> and what I expect will happen are are awfully often divergent. You know, I think this is a, an extremely clever way to make it happen. I think. I think there's. I think what you're going to see is a lot of people bitch about that 24 hours is too short a time, right? I think you're going to see an ar- a lot of arguing. And I think this is a good thing that people are say, right. "No, we want longer," right? So I think 24 hours is, is pretty aggressive. Actually, I, I, so the prob- I'm excited. The, the problem about that. I have with all of this, though, is I mean, if we're going to be honest about this shit, right? Because the people are arguing about 24 hours is short. They're going to raise something about my client wants this, and this helps the client, and you know, this should be about the seller and the consumer. I'm like. You know, fact of the matter is we all know that's not what, what the real motivation is here, right? Fact is, if we were to just be honest about it, it's about exclusive inventory strategies and how this helps particularly larger brokers because they have more listings. 
so they can create more exclusive traffic, more exclusive buyers, you know, and then create like, I, I think uh, Andrew Flackner called it the FOMO effect, fear of missing out, you know, so it'll help with the recruiting, it'll help with the retention, it'll help their, well, they think it's going to help their uh, revenues and financial. Help them get around fair housing I don't think uh, it does. I mean, well. That's one of my problems. I don't know. You're hey, if screwed you're going to 30 people, you know, you, you get to, you get to choose who you're Dude, showing I mean, to. I, I have don't. a lot of concerns right? around that, but you know, at that point it's out of the MLS's hands, right? At that point, it's like the department of justice coming in and bringing fair housing action violations. It's the attorneys generals bringing that stuff. So like, that, that's not, I'd also like to see anytime this happens that the seller has to sign a but form of course saying they, they will, consent to right? this. We know they will. Right. I don't think so, man. I think a lot of these, I think when, when you put down some language and the seller reads that language of what exactly is going on. I, I think you'd see a dip in. I don't in, because, in, like most sure. sellers, are going to, they're just going to trust our agent. You know, most sellers are not in this conversation. They're not MLS people. You know, they're not. Like most sellers barely know what the hell goes on when, when uh, you know what, like what's staging. And so when when the agent who they've trusted and have known for six seven years comes to and says, "Oh yeah, so just sign this piece of paper. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, do some pre marketing and generate a lot of interest and blah blah blah, and then." You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, okay, they're going to sign it. You know, in fact, there was a, um, I want to I bring this stat oh, no, up because no, this, no. this is interesting in this context. There was a, Zillow just did their consumer, uh, 2019 consumers report. There was a stat in there that says something like 56% of buyers said they didn't know all the papers that they were signing. Right. Because there's just this. Uh, it's, Why is I that mean, surprising? It's, it's not surprising, <laughs> but it's relevant. Sure, for sure, right? So to the idea that, oh, the seller signed the consent form, so therefore this is okay. I don't know that that's true. You know, I don't, I don't know that that's going to survive actual like judicial inquiry, right? I just think anything that you can do to kind of like slow things down to actually, in this case, increase friction. Sure. Uh, and I guess what I'm, what I'm pushing for, and again, look, they're going to decide what they're going to decide, right? I'm not, I'm not a broker. I'm not an MLS CEO. I'm not on the board. You know, it's like, they're going to make decisions that they think are right for them and, you know, do whatever they feel like they have to do. All that I'm doing, I feel like my job, you know, my day job is to advise my clients as to here's what I think, you know, is important. And, from an industry standpoint, like you and me spending time doing this recording, like from my standpoint, it's just to just to get the like you say the narrative out there, right? That what needs to happen this go around, however they do it, is to extend the understanding that we all have of IDX to MLS membership. I think that that's the way you solve this problem. And then you know the details we could look at all the details, but let's face it: if there's some broker, because you know IDX, you're allowed to leave stuff off the IDX. You get a waiver. Let's get the client to sign a form, and you can leave right. it off IDX. If there was some brokerage that was consistently a form the client never reads, right, leaving all of their listings off of IDX for two weeks, dude, that MLS is going to boot that guy out because all the other brokers are going to go. Wait a minute. The whole idea behind IDX is I give you the right to use my listings, and you give me the right to use yours. If that's just a one way street, then you can get the hell out. And I'm saying, why don't we just extend sure, yeah. that understanding to the MLS as a whole? That's why I'm by primary marketplace. Yeah, you're either, you're That's either my a point. participant That's or you're my not. point, right? You, you and let's stop playing games. Let's right. just make it like IDX and say you're either all in or you're not. And if you're not, that's okay. We don't hate you. Go yeah, your but, way. And I think you're pretty close here with, with 8.0 where it's just saying 24 hours. Okay. Right? I think this is a, a, okay. a very reasonable and clever compromise here. To, and I, I think anytime you want to go this black and white thing, it's especially with, you know, <laughs> there's nothing black and white about an MLS, right? Mm-hmm. When you're talking about cooperation, okay. there's nothing black and white there, right? So you got to have some level of, of the, the, the problem is I don't, I'm not a fan of the 24 hours. Again, I mean, I, I could lose that argument. I lose many arguments, right? Because what it says is it's a safe harbor for 24 hours. But more importantly, that's 24 hours after marketing, Okay. What it's really saying is you could have a listing as an office exclusive for as long as you want. Okay. As long as you don't, quote, market it, except on a, quote, one-to-one basis. All right. You know, so that's, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm Compass. Uh, I have 38% market share in San Francisco. Hey, Mr. Seller, we're going to spend the next 30 days marketing to our network, right? All internal. And oh, by the way, we're going to go to buyers and say, hey, uh, if you're working with uh, some other company, you're a moron because you don't have access to our exclusive inventory, right? 
sign up here. I mean, that's that's the whole point behind this. How long is it before other brokerages look around and say, you know, we got to do the same thing? Well, again, you're picking out one market, one brokerage in a specific situation I don't, too, that it might happen. That is not the case dude, for the entire country. And we've already talked about how, you know, you know they can okay. have Like I said, at here. the end of the day, you know, the MLS is a cooperative brokerages and the MLS is local. So, if the local brokerages in Topeka decide like, no, 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 we, we, we want this, then do whatever the hell you want. Like, I'm just pointing out that the MLS, when you concede that point and when you make it's like it's one market, like, Dude, Howard Hanna is not in one market. Howard Hanna is a freaking giant and they're in lots of markets. Compass is a big national brokerage. They're in a lot of markets. So my point is, what, do we, what are we waiting for? If you're the MLS, what are we waiting for? For NRT to do this with their 50,000 agents and in you know up and down the coastal markets? Are we waiting for home services to do this? What are we waiting for? EXP is in all 50 states, right? Realty One is in all 50 states, I think. I think Sam yeah, because he's like, well, you know, it doesn't mean. I mean, these- I'm like, dude, that's not the point. The point is going to buyers and saying, I'm, if yeah. I'm an agent in Huntington Beach, I, you know, I'm not going to go to my buyers and you know, to my agent, my broker's buyers in Seattle. No, but the point is, hey, it's, it's, apples it's, and oranges, man. You can't, dude, you the can't point that the, you're missing the point. You and Sam are both missing the point. The point is to be able to go to buyers and say, hey, if you want access to exclusive inventory, you better come work with me. That's the point. Right. If you're working with that, you know, boutique down the street, guess what? That agent doesn't know everything that's on the market. That's the point. And if that's what the world we want to end up in, okay, I'm okay with that. You know, like I said, it's the, the MLS is a creation of brokerages. If the brokerages decide that that's what they want, if the boutiques decide, yeah, it's fine that my agents don't have access to the listing inventory. That that's that's fine. Y'all go ahead and do that. The, the it, dude, it's not extrapolation. Hold I'm, on a second. It's I'm not just, an extrapolation. Hold on a second. I need to make this point. To hear- because you raised, you brought up the point early on in our debate, right? That commercial real estate exists. Dude, this is the way things work in commercial. If you belong to a third tier firm in commercial real estate, I guarantee you, you do not know what's happening in the marketplace. You don't. And your clients as a result have no idea what's really happening in the marketplace. Because the top tier premier firms, the CBREs, the Jones Lang LaSalle's, the Cushman Wakefields, believe me, they don't put all of the inventory that they know about on the market. It doesn't happen in that world. But, but my point I is, if, we're if what we're saying world, is, though. yes, but that's where You're we're headed, right? If we don't we have, have now, the MLS, if we don't have some organization that says, this is where all the inventory is, and all the members have access, and all the members know what's on the market, then that's the world we're headed to. And if that's where we want to go, Okay. Then that's where we want to go. Like I'll, I'll still make a living. You and I will be fine. Well, Nobody wants here's to the thing: go if we don't want to go there, then we have there. to stop our exclusive inventory. And I think I think 8.0 does a good job of, of of being the first thing to kind of stop that. And I'm glad to hear it goes a long way that you I do. support 8.0. I do as a first step in doing that. So if we can if we can <laughs> get anything out of this podcast, it's Rob Hahn supports 8.0 as a first step. Towards moving the industry towards this. <laughs> thank you, Rob. Thank, thank you for putting words in my mouth, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I was. I think inaccurate. you're inaccurate because you're there? leaving out my whole point behind 8.0. 8.0 is a big step forward. It's not far enough. What the MLS is, what the industry needs to do, is push it to that discussion of are we the marketplace? Are we not? And then ultimately push for the MLS is like IDX. You're either all in or you're all out. That's what I think the MLS should push for. And if the brokerages have a problem with that, then they should clearly say, no, no, we don't want that. We don't want to be all in or all out. Okay. Then there we have it. There we have the conflict. There we have the essential issue that needs to get resolved. And the compromise, you know, like like you point out, you know, 8.0, all of the, the fighting and the discussion and debate is going to be around like 24 hours. It's going to be around what do you mean by digital communication? It's going to be around those details. As opposed to what the real discussion needs to be is, yes, we want to be all in or all out, or no, we don't. That's the real conversation to have there. I guess to me, that just the, I mean, those narratives are your narratives. My narrative is just going to go back to, to this industry mm-hmm. has to start doing the right thing. And I think that pocket listings, and again, mm-hmm. I don't care whose responsibility it is, right? But the... But pocket listings, these types of practices I agree. do the industry no good. Right. And we should do as much as we can to make that happen. And I think that 8.0 is is 
is a great first step in making this happen. And I think everybody should support this first step here. And hopefully, the except that I think that's where better. you and I differ, right? But that's but, hold but it's on. This is where you and I also differ. Right like now. you think 8.0 is just a first step. I think 8.0 oh. is the only step. Like once you do 8.0, what makes you think we're going to do 8.1? They always make changes. I remember when there was a, a ruling put out by NAR that you know you didn't have to be a participant to show listings on your, your on the on your website. And that was a great thing for all the franchisers, and they changed that. I mean, they they change the shit all the time, all right. dude. If, if you about? think after eight that you know, so another year passes and the percentage of off market activity goes to fifty percent, you know, where all of the large brokers join and say we need to do our own exclusive inventory strategies. And the MLS is going to prevail on that. Okay, I guess I just don't agree. I, I think that I think the time is now. I think that one of two things will happen. I think it will put a put the brakes on what's going on right now, and and or the market is okay. going to make that happen. So I mean, I think that's boom. That's we'll see what happens. You know, look, I, if I were a betting man, I would not bet on me. I would bet on Greg. <laughs> <laughs> now that's controversial right you know, there <laughs> if i were a betting man i would say uh you know i think uh greg is is more likely to to prevail and you know they'll pass some version of 8.0 that's you know half-ass compromise and you know and then we'll we'll call it a first step and then wait three years to see what what happens and by the end of that i think what we end up with is uh it's a it's a totally fractured market and all sorts of exclusive inventory shenanigans, you know. And I think, I think now is the this, time for the MLS to stop it. That's all. This thunderdome of wasteland. <laughs> hey man, at least I'm not like. You're, you're at least amazing. I'm not Chris Trier. You know, he's he's way more you know hyperbole than I am. You know? So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, this has been a great episode. And uh, to, all, to our listeners out there that are traveling to CMLS or getting ready for CMLS, we uh, absolutely we appreciate you listening to us. And uh, I, I think, think we're Rob, both going to be CMLS there. This year, yes. Right? We both are going to be there. So uh, please give us a shout out. We always uh, say hi you know, because I always love uh, hearing we, from you. We may uh, do one of those live, like on the floor, like grab passersby type of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll bring my. Yeah, I'll, so I'll you know, maybe my, uh, somebody could. Uh, so, yeah, any of the listeners, you all want to join in on like kind of a live industry relations and tell me how I'm wrong, or you could tell Greg how he's wrong. Like that would be a wonderful opportunity to do just that. It's more <laughs> fun to tell Rob how he's wrong. Trust me. Believe me, more people do that. I think right, guys, uh, than they tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks yep, everybody for you. listening, and we'll see you at CMLS. Bye.